Today's episode is brought to you by Poppins Period. I know what you might be thinking, Poppins Period? Mary, didn't you used to always talk about Bloody Buddy Cup, and now here you are talking about some other menstrual cup company? Well, guys, let me assure you that I'm not some menstrual cup talking ad reading floozy. They rebranded! Bloody Buddy Cup is now Poppins Period, and not only do they sell their original menstrual cup that we all fell in love with, with Bloody Buddy Cup, they now also sell a full lineup of other menstrual cup products, and there are more to come soon. They recently introduced period underwear, which I hadn't really been like that familiar with. I bought some like for the postpartum time. And I mean, like if we're talking about blood, we could talk about pee a little bit, right? I, I had four babies in six years. I've been wearing period underwear, you know, just like as some backup because, you know, like you sneeze, you laugh, you jump, you do whatever after you have babies. And it's like, you know, you need you need to be a little careful. So I've worn period underwear like in that capacity. But before I decided to promote it, I wanted to like give it a full cycle, see how I liked it in, you know, conjunction with my menstrual cup, because again, I love my bloody buddy cup so much. And I really, really loved it. The Poppins period underwear are like high waisted and like kind of like suck you in a little bit if that's something you're into. And they're so flattering. The um, cuts on the side are like that like seamless, nice cut. Like, so you're not going to have like bumps on the backs of your dresses. You know what I mean? Anyway, and they really, really worked so well. It was so absorbent. Am I allowed to say that word without grossing you all out? I think that we're far past that. Anyway, I want everybody to try it. If you go to poppinsperiod.com, you could use my promo code WANNACHAT for 10% off of any menstrual product that they sell on there. So you could get my beloved menstrual cup that I've been using for years. I love raving and telling people about this cup. It has truly changed my life. I feel like whenever I have my period now, I mean, luckily I've been blessed with like light periods and I don't really cramp that much, but the freedom I have been given by this cup cannot be over-exaggerated. It has changed my life completely. I love it so much and I'm really loving these period underwear. They have a couple other little products too and there's more to come later. So go to poppinsperiod.com. You can join their mailing list so you could be alerted every time they drop a new product and you could use my code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your whole purchase at Poppins Period. Okay, on with the show. Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. I'm Mary and I'm so excited because yet again, we are blessed by the one and only Stephanie Morris. She is a hilarious comedian from Arizona and she is so fun. And we've had her on many times before and this time is no different. She's still as funny, knowledgeable and hilarious as always. And I like, I kind of hesitate to say that this episode is hilarious as always because the subject matter actually ended up being like a little dark, which I mean, not purposefully, but just, you know, we talked about the Britney Spears memoir, which, you know, is a horror story, literally. And we talked about Lauren the Mortician, that drama from TikTok. We talked about eight passengers. Like, so you see what I'm saying here? Like, it's not like, there's not like funny topics here, but, but it's all good. We talked about Taylor and Travis as well in the beginning of the episode. So it's not all doom and gloom. Everything's fine. The world has hope. So stick around. It'll be a good one. Hello, everybody. Okay. I'm excited. We've been blessed. The Lord has brought good weather. He has brought us Stephanie Morris. Stephanie Morris, another girl that I call by her full Instagram handle. I feel like if I ever meet you in real life, I'll be like, Stephanie Morris comedy. Hey, I'm so happy that you're here with me. But anyway, we have Stephanie Morris, the comedian from Arizona. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi. Is is that how you always want to be addressed? Stephanie Morris Comedy, the comedian from, from Arizona. Arizona. No, that's that's the best way to address it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, 
Arizona is getting is being put on the map, as you just told me moments ago. You guys are doing well in the sports world. Yes, the Diamondbacks are in the World Series as of like 20 minutes ago. I'm very That's excited for you. Big deal. The last time the Diamondbacks were in the World Series, they won. And it was the most savage thing I think anyone's ever done because they beat the New York Yankees a month after 9-11 in the World oh. Series. And like, just like no mercy. Like they couldn't have just like, let them have that one? No, you would think, you would think we would be like, you know what, guys? We'll give this one to you. You've been yeah. through a lot. No, no. Okay, but that's kind of like, so again, this is this is really dark. But right after the October 1 music festival shooting happened here in Vegas. I'm I'm from Vegas, if people don't know. I'm sure you all do. I live in Vegas. I live like six or seven miles away from where it happened. And it was a horrible, horrible, horrifying thing that happened to the town. Everyone was just distraught. I will never forget the day after and the weeks after. Literally nausea-inducing. But that year... Like, right after it happened, the Golden Knights um, hockey team started its first season. We got a, a new hockey team that year, and they started, like, a couple weeks after the shooting had happened. And the way that team brought the city together, like, I feel like it, it makes me tear up. The public outreach that they did, everyone was rooting for something after we just felt like everything had been destroyed and we had no safety beautiful and then they make it to the stanley cup in their first season which has never been done before like your first mm-hmm. season and then making it to the finals and everybody really thought like this is like the miracle that vegas needs it makes me like want to choke up this is a, the miracle that vegas needs they're gonna make a movie about this one day they brought this whole town together and then we like got absolutely smoked in the stanley cup like the other team just wiped the floor with us like it was really i think we won one game and then the rest of it was just like no mercy sorry yeah that's we, what that's what, that's what we did after 9 11 that's what yeah. arizona did after nine. We, we were like it's true uh, we 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 wouldn't give it to them it's like it's like your your dad dies the night before and your english teacher's like i'm gonna still need you to turn in your paper like yeah we just we no. Very if i make an exception for you part. then i have to make an exception for everybody exactly 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 and, and we were gonna do that yeah that's what the no. diamondbacks said they said if we if we make an exception for this terrorist attack <laughs> then, then everyone's gonna have a sob story yeah, we about can't deal with it why they should be able to win and so we're just we're gonna make a general rule that we show no mercy. Oh my gosh. I'm and sure this is the most frustrating and annoying thing for you ever as a comic. Maybe not ever, but it's probably up there. Like people telling you like, oh, you should do a bit about that. Or like, you should do oh. something about that. Like, I'm sure you get that all oh. the time, especially when people think that they're being funny and they're like, oh, you should put this in your act. <laughs> yes. But, yes. But genuinely yes. get to your whiteboard and map out some kind of joke about the diamondbacks just being ruthless with 9-11 because i really do think that we've turned the the corner where like it's not just 9-11 memes that are funny now but like you you can joke about like well, the I, culture made, at I, large. I actually made my first 9-11 joke like two weeks ago and it went really well it was terrifying but it went really well that's good so that's just like that was the gateway 9-11 drug yeah, that was and, like I got a little taste, and I now I want to keep pushing the boundaries. Granted, it was at an open mic where it was just comics who have tremendous amount of trauma and were very high. Hmm, but it combo. did go very well. It went 
they thought it was great. Yeah. So, yeah. By the Next way, time, have... I'm going to try it on a super conservative crowd and we'll see how it goes. How do you feel? This is not on our subject thing, but me and you are both very passionate about Saturday Night Live, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. How do you feel about Nate Bargatze, who we talked about last time on the pod, where I had seen him? Protein. Yeah, I saw him do stand up and I was so attracted to him. I'd never been attracted before, but there was something that came over me, a spirit, yeah. if you will, where like, yeah. I-, I thought he was so hot. And then I've gotten some space from the situation when he was not performing comedy in the same room as me. Do not think he's as hot anymore. But now he is going to be hosting Saturday Night Live and yeah. he is so funny. So I'm sure like the opener will be good. But how do you think yeah. he's going to do in like a skit situation? That I have no idea. Um, I, I, I like not saying that I'm next up to host SNL. I just know like I can be funny. And the only time I'm not funny is when there's like a, a camera in front of me. I'm supposed to be acting. Mm-hmm. I get very, very, very uncomfortable. But he might be different. I don't know. I do. I will say, like, that whole thing of having stand-ups host SNL is very, like, SNL 70s vibes. Mm-hmm. And I love that we're going back to that. Like, yeah. obsessed. Like, Steve Martin was never a cast member on SNL. You would have never known because he was constantly hosting. Yeah. And, yeah, we just, I, I, I love that. I love that for him and for SNL for bringing back the whole stand-up skit to host. And it is but, a it is like a um, a symptom of the Screen Actors Guild strike. Like that's why they're getting these stand-ups and and people to mm-hmm. host because they're not under the same contracts. Like because normally you would go host Saturday Night Live because you're promoting your movie that's coming out. Like I like, was shocked Bad Bunny hosted and yeah. it was the music cast. But you're right because of the strike that would be why. Yeah, and this he did was, great, by the way. That did you watch the Shrek one? Okay, the please don't destroy. I mean, first of all, and I will watch Saturday Night Live come hell or high water, even if it's a host I don't like or don't even know about, even if every single skit is bomb after bomb after bomb. I will yeah. watch the whole thing in its entirety. Saturday Night Live means a lot to me. Please don't yes. destroy consistently for the last two years has been the best part of Saturday Night Live, even better than Update. Like, they're the one consistently reliable piece of Saturday Night Live right now. In the last three skits that they've done, the, um, what kind of comics are they? The, um, the first one that they did with Pete Davidson, where they were, like, the slam comic. Oh. Yeah. Something like, like uh, Second City Comics. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Second City. Yeah. That was so funny. But this last week they did a skit with Bad Bunny where they had Bad Bunny do this whole like, I want to do a Shrek skit bit thing and tears rolling down my face. The funniest thing ever. It was so, so good. I just like, and the whole, the whole premise was like, Bad Bunny walks in dressed as Shrek and the writers are like, do you want to write a Shrek skit? He's like, I guess if you want to. And like, well, you're the one dressed as Shrek. He's like, you're the one that said Shrek first. And it's just so funny. Yeah. It's so, so, and he has this thick accent and it's, it's so good. It's and I was, so good. I was wondering how like the language barrier was going to translate, you know, on Saturday Night Live. And like, I mean, not every sketch was great, but they, they really tried their hardest and it wasn't as bad as I think it could have been. It wasn't the mm-hmm. best episode of Saturday Night Live ever. But no, but that Shrek skit Shrek was one killed it. 
killed it. So everyone the, go go work at the Shrek skit. Did you like the Pete Davidson episode? Um, I watched. I liked the um, I you know I actually really liked his cold open mm-hmm. about like Israel. he kind of addressed what was going on in the Middle East and was like I know I'm the last person to talk about this, but his dad died at nine eleven and like just talked about how comedy got him through that and it was I thought that was really beautifully done. Yeah. Um, so and powerful. then yeah, and like here's the deal. I am an, uh, I'm a Pete Davidson apologist through and through. I I love the guy. I love, I him. love I, he is unbelievably problematic, but he's also so likable and so lovable. And mm-hmm. I just I love Pete Davidson. What was the other thing? Oh, this song with Taylor Swift was really good. Which I'm kind of surprised that didn't get more like Well, so the Three Sad Virgins was from two years ago. Oh, why did I think that really? Well, so I posted it. All that Taylor Swift did in that episode was say, like, ladies and gentlemen, Ice Spice. But yes. they did, um, yeah, Three Sad Virgins with Please Don't Destroy, which is extremely funny. Everybody go watch it. Was oh, from... I'm so embarrassed because I absolutely thought that Three Sad Virgins happened. I mean, she's been wearing her hair straight like that for two years I mean, now. She's, so. she looked the, she's looked the same for quite some time, but she's allowed to. Taylor's yes. just allowed to look the way she wants. <laughs> I mean, if it ain't broke. If, if you find yeah. something that works for you for you girl keep working it yeah um they also had like the funniest skit ever about the um delta airlines diarrhea incident which is like one of those things that happened on the internet where i was like "Mm, that's not a plot line i'm gonna go chase up like i knew that there were a lot of memes surrounding it but i was like i'm just i'm gonna skip that one and i'll latch on to the next one you know but Mm -hmm. the skit was very 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 funny i'll have to look that one up but yeah Um, i I love i love pete i and I think, like, his success so young. I think that it's, like, a testament to how good of a guy Pete Davidson is. Mm-hmm. Based on, like, the fact that, like, Laura Michaels, like, picked him up super young, took him on vacations, has always, like, championed him, even when he was, like, going through bad stuff. I think the fact that Kim Kardashian was with him for so long really speaks well to his character, where, like, you might be thinking... Oh, a Kardashian, like, they don't really have the best picker, Mary, like, guy-wise. But Kim typically does. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think he's a really good guy. And, I mean, if Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey don't work out, it's got to I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. She hasn't dated a comedian yet, and I think it's time. I think it's time. But, but what I- do you think about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift's chances? Oh. They need to get I- married. I I I I I love it so much. <laughs> like they would be such a beautiful and like I think she's such already like a giving human being, and he seems like somebody who just wants to like highlight her all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just obs- I'm just obsessed. But I would like to make a public statement, if you will. Sure. I I have no issue with people who don't enjoy Taylor Swift. That doesn't bother me one bit. I can still enjoy her the way I want to. However, I've noticed, and let me tell me if you agree, those that want to use like Taylor Swift is only doing this for publicity stunt as like content is using her as publicity stunt. Do you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. using that hot take for views and likes I've, and, for, and for engagement. I've been on the anti. The same. I've been on the anti. Everyone, please stop calling everything a PR relationship, PR stunt. Tra- I've been on that train 
since, you know, April. Yes. Well, who needs less PR than Taylor Swift? Yeah. The woman like, does not need any PR. Please think about the fact, like what public relations are supposed to mean, right? Mm-hmm. They don't need, I mean, like, of course, yeah, promote things, whatever. But like, they're not going to get in whole relationships. PR executives are not fan fiction writers, which like, that's what people often think that they are. Like, oh, like Maddie Healy and Taylor Swift are getting together for PR. It's like, that did horrible things to her public relations wise. If you want to have that conversation, like yeah, that was there, bad. there that were a was lot really of bad. angry people at her. So like, what was the benefit, you know? And people were like, oh, it's mm-hmm. to promote 1989. No, it's not like but the album will sell itself, you know? And like people will watch football. Like, no, I mean, that's a lie. I am now watching football because of Taylor Swift. That is true. <laughs> they have gotten me. You got you're now you're yeah. now in the I was about to way. say like and no one's turning on the NFL for Taylor Swift, but like that's a bold face line. I, um, I just I would like to I would like to um uh also make a public um statement on something I am predicting that if on the off chance that it doesn't work out, which I knock on wood, we want it to work out. If it doesn't mm-hmm. work out, there will be a TikTok trend of everybody burning their Travis Kelsey jerseys that they bought during the relationship. Oh, a hundred percent. It will, it, they'll use a certain song and it will be like a ritual burning of all the things and it will be amazing and I will love it. And it will be just one more thing that brings women together online. Yes. So, but the inverse of that, if they stay together, what I've been afraid of is Jessica Simpson's like Tony Romo history where yeah. he was dating Tony Romo. She was blamed for everything. Yeah. And like, and I mean, he was on the Cowboys, right? And like, I don't know much about sports, but aren't the Cowboys like notoriously never great? No, they're not good. Yeah. No. But like she was always being blamed. Luckily, Travis Kelsey has been doing great. Even better. Yeah. Yeah. But like if that tide starts to turn, I could see things legitimately getting hairy. Here's the deal. Taylor Swift is not Jessica Simpson. Jessica Simpson wasn't like was already not as beloved as to just because it didn't didn't deserve that and it was wrong Mm -hmm. but i i would be shocked if it would get to that level that it was for jessica simpson i don't know because i feel like so taylor swift has now lived the cycle twice when she released 1989 and she had the squad and she was on another huge tour she was everywhere she was like the pinnacle of success she was the co-chair at the met gala she had so many great things going for her And then she had the fall from grace. And before she had the fall from grace, she even admits it to herself in the Kanye phone call. Cause Kanye is like, Hey, would you want to do this thing? And she's trying to politely say no. And she's like, you know, I'm so close to overexposure right now. I can't do it. And then if you really look at the Kanye situation, there's the fact that her credibility was hit, but also she had been so exposed for so long and she had been crammed down the public's throat. I mean, like crammer down my throat, love her, loved every minute of that, but yeah. crammed down the public's throat for so long where once they had a reason to kind of turn on her, they had all this pent up energy and there was so much Taylor Swift content where it was really easy to just kind of turn itself. And I feel like she's what where she is right now is like the 1989 era on steroids. The era's tour, obviously, oh, she is. Because, like, yeah, I, this is wild. Like, I can't even. Who was the last person to be as famous as she is? I would say the Beatles. 
Yeah. Like to have this kind of moment of like, so in like intense fandom, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like there's people like Michael Jackson, who will be a legend forever and generations will know his music and like Johnny Cash and do you know what I mean? Like there, mm-hmm. there are those, but like for this kind of like, there is not a single human being on this planet that doesn't know of you and what you're doing and what your music is and who you're dating. Like, that's like some Beatle level shit. Can I, oh, wait, can I say that? No, no, so that's sorry. totally fine. <laughs> Thank you for apologizing. No, but, um, I, I do agree. Like definitely Beatle mania levels of insanity. I would probably say like, I bet you it's comparable to some levels of like Britney Spears height of her fame. Like the Britney Spears in sync. Backstreet Boys, like if you put all of them together, like when they were selling like diamond records, which like obviously like, like, like no you mean like do. early, like late nineties, early two thousands, like teen bop, yeah, boy band obsession, yeah. Like there has not been this level of hysteria since then. I would yeah. probably, but say. like the thing is, for that to happen, there was multiple people involved. There was yeah, that, that's bands. what I'm saying. Like if you put them there was all, Christina, there was Britney, there was the whole thing, and this is just one person writing mm-hmm. her songs that are unbelievable unbelievable yes and that's that's the other thing thing. it's not just yeah it's not just like a huge craze her music's phenomenal there is a talent i know i ranted about this for far too long last episode so i will try to spare everybody but no but i watching like some of the criticism of the eras tour movie like I listened to my favorite movie podcast and they really just like, they went in with preconceived notions. Like they went in already with like ill intentions. Like they don't like Taylor Swift and they don't get what all the fuss is about. And they think that the songs in the reputation era sound like Imagine Dragons songs and whatever. I'm like, let me stand in front of you with a printout of the lyrics to My Tears Ricochet. Let me mm-hmm. recite the lyrics to peace in front of you and, and say like, oh, hey, did you realize that there was this old Bob Dylan song released from his vault? Let me read you the lyrics. Just kidding. It's Taylor Swift. a lyrical ma- masterpiece from Taylor Swift. And like yeah. they were judging her on like, you belong with me. And they're like, everyone's going crazy over this like teen stuff. I'm like, you're you're doing this in ill faith, you know? Mm-hmm. And anyone that denies her talent, I mean, like Charlemagne the God, he was on his radio show not too long ago, like two months ago, saying, oh, well, she doesn't write her own songs. Still, like, she's still getting that criticism. No, when she time, does. So. Time and time again, just because people love to be, like, a contrarian and just be like, oh, well, like, she doesn't write her own songs. Be real. Yeah. Be so fucking for right now. Oh, I just said that for I'm so sorry. It's fine. No, but really, and did, they, wait, did they like the movie or no? No, they didn't like the movie, and that was a frustrating thing because, again, they went in with ill faith, but they were also talking about how they're so excited for the Beyonce movie and how the Beyonce movie will be so much better. First of all, okay, there's so many things I could say about that. Number one, they shot and edited this within a span of eight weeks to help save movie theaters, first of all, during yeah. the strike. Because there was, you know, a lot of a lot of gaps, right? And what she also did was revolutionize movie distribution. Like the model that she did, which also Beyonce like is going to be doing like Taylor Swift like helped her out. That's why Beyonce was at the premiere, allegedly. It doesn't matter. Like, the fact she, that there are two women who are so powerful yeah. that show up for each other, I just I yeah. don't understand. Like, if you see, I don't understand how you can see 
people enjoying something and you have to discredit it Mm -hmm. and you have to cut it down. And it's like, it, she just, she, she makes people happy. And whether you agree with like, what is making them happy? Mm -hmm. Why do you care? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? hundred percent. And it's just like, so, so many of the criticisms are just an ill faith because they were talking about how great the Renaissance movie will be. And they were talking about some of the inconsistencies with um like the editing in the era's movie like oh you could tell like her curly hair and they just really threw it together and the chipped nail polish and you could tell like her hair would be different levels of curly throughout the song right so like there was like continuity issues and yet i've listened to these same critics again who like i really really love and admire they were talking about the homecoming music film like documentary from when beyonce filmed coachella over two weekends and wore different outfits and they cut in between the outfits. So you'd have one number and then you would see her outfit change many times, you know? And they're like, that's revolutionary. That's amazing. That really like pulls back the curtain. And it's like, you're, you're judging the same thing saying, and then you're like crying continuity errors and then praising it in other, like, it's just, there's just so much ill faith. No, again, 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 it is, it is tearing down a woman and other people's joy mm-hmm. only to get views. Yeah. Like I, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I have a hard time believing people stay up at night frustrated that people love Taylor Swift and don't mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can understand people not liking Taylor Swift and moving on with their lives. Like that doesn't like whatever teach mm-hmm. their own. You have terrible taste and I'm sorry. You'll never feel happiness, but that's fine. Yeah. If that's your journey, I love that for you. But I don't believe for a second that like it needs to be, like publicized just Mm -hmm. how much you dislike her and you can't get why people like her the only reason you're doing that is because you too are looking for clicks and content you know what i mean well yeah because i mean there's no more like i can't think of a bigger example of like pick me energy than like consciously trying to like resist a monoculture like just being like oh everybody loves this thing but guess what I'm smarter than you because I'm not tricked into liking this like big thing that everybody else I, likes, you know? I rolled my eyes so bad at the influencers during the Eras tour that would post on their stories. Am I the only one that doesn't care about the Eras tour? And like, nobody, no, I'm nobody, sure there's other people with no, yeah. And I mean, I, I understand that like critics and stuff, they have to work in an online landscape where they have to get clicks or whatever and they have to get um you know attention and i know that there's like a an art to list making where if you're like ranking uh like i was reading a like top 50 actors under 30 list or like under 35 and they put harry styles as like the as like number 50 like the least one on the list because you open it up and you're like oh you ranked harry styles last out of all these people and then that just kind of like gets it going you know so i understand having to have you know a actual conversation and being critical of some kind of things but just to like discount talent is bonkers to me sorry again this was the same rant i went on last week but luckily i'm not like talking to a wall this time because because stephanie's here no it 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 is yeah yeah, it's so fresh and as somebody who's been a swifty since the very very since my space Yes. Big since the very beginning. Uh, one thing I love about the fandom is like, I so much love new Swifties. Like there's no gate- gatekeeping. 
when there's so much other fandom that gatekeeps, like, well, you, I listened to her at this point and I had this, like, there's none of that. Yeah. And I had, a, I have a friend who, um, like two months ago, I don't know how, but she like got a lover album and she's like into like, like heavy metal, like corn and like, like stuff, like concerts that I would never in a million years enjoy and music I would never enjoy. But she got a lover album and she like posted on Instagram and she's like, I literally can't stop listening to this. Yeah. She's like, what is, what is happening? And then she got like folklore and she's like, this is unbelievable. Like why nobody, she's like, I always thought of Taylor Swift is like, shake it off. She's like, this is not that. Mm-hmm. And then she went to the Errors movie this weekend and she texted me the whole time. And she's like, I'm having the absolute best time. Yeah. And she bought a cup and she bought a popcorn bucket two months ago. She would have never listened to Taylor Swift. And I then love, she like, love our new converts. No. And I was, I was, I texted, I, I texted her the whole time and I'm like, are you still enjoying it? And she's like, I've cried three times. And I'm like, I love this for you. Like yeah. I love watching people like really start to listen to her music and not just what is played on the radio. Yeah. But and I'm going to sound so corny right now. But truly, one of my greatest joys of motherhood so far has been, like, sharing Taylor Swift with my daughter. And, I mean, and if it was oh, anything yeah. that I loved this much, I, I would, you know, replace that with this, you know? Like, it's not the fact that it's Taylor Swift, but something that's so, like, cross-generational. And Piper, my six-year-old, she loves all the lore. She loves, you know, the facts about it. We have, like, real, like, she's becoming a real human that I can have actual discussions with. Through Taylor Swift. Yeah. And it's been like the, one of the greatest mothering joys I've had. So anyway. It's no different than short. men taking their sons to baseball games and yeah. enjoying a baseball game. And that's seen as like the height of American family. Mm-hmm. Why can me and my daughter not listening to Taylor Swift the movie theater be the same thing? Yeah. Like, why does it have to be picked apart? Exactly. Like, Anyway, long story short, Travis and Taylor, please get married. I really please. think every single week that passes, I feel more and more like this really could be it. The fact that she's been in Kansas City now for like five the days. The fact straight, that she's going, I love, I love Mary. I absolutely love that she's no longer in hiding. She yeah. had to be in hiding forever with Joe because Joe didn't want her or want to be like like I've never seen her at a sporting event ever and she's been at one every single weekend and they were driving around in a topless car like have you ever seen her be able to do anything like that yeah absolutely not I just and uh, there's this really something like if I were to make her perfect match in a lab right mm -hmm. I would pick somebody familiar with fame yes and, you know, a perfect match would be at the same level, but not in the same industry. And that's exactly what he is. Like, so like there mm-hmm. will never be any competition. There will never be any, oh, hey, babe, can you promote my stupid Hulu show that has like no yeah. like believable dialogue and like the most awkward sex scenes you've ever seen? Like, yeah. w- would you mind doing that for me? Yeah. Just like it's a sustainable, like she's never going to be happy with an average Joe. Like that life would never yeah. Well, and they would never be happy with her either. I love yeah, that. Yeah, like, like he would, like an an average Joe would have to give up his life as well, you know? Uh-huh. And then we yeah. would, there would always be the questions about his real intentions or whatever. Like Travis Kelsey, like maybe he gets like a little bit of a thrill out of being with Taylor Swift. 
But like, yeah. I'm not questioning his intentions. I'm not thinking he's doing it for fame. He's familiar well, the with way the landscape. That he, the way that he went to the concert and gave her security a, Blake, uh, a bracelet with his number on it was like, he gets it. Like, mm-hmm. he's all in. Like, he's going to fully inv- like embrace wh- who she is and what she's created. Like, are you kidding me? That is like... And he does just seem like a good dude. Like, that, He's, that podcast... His, brother, clip... his brother's amazing. Like, his yeah. brother's so down to earth, and his family's adorable, and I love them. Mm-hmm. And he comes from that, and I just think... And I feel like I get the same vibes of Taylor's family as I do from the Kelseys, really, truly. Like, they're just good human beings that have these incredible genes. What, you don't like the Kelseys? No, not the Kelseys. There's a lot more that to meet the eye about. You don't I'm like not saying that. Andrea's an angel. You don't like her dad? Scott has been evil before. He's ha- he he has been problematic in the not past. just. I mean, like cheating, I know some historical groups have been cheating on your wife when she has cancer. They were divorced by then. No, so they they've never they've never actually divorced. Okay, no, Mary, I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing, and I saw something saying they were actually divorced. No, they, they, their business, like, basically, they do live separate. Mm-hmm. They tried- I'm Googling it right now, because I thought this the other day. No, this I'm is a Googling. whole thing. They tried to file for divorce in Florida, because they had, like, some kind of certain protections in Florida. Okay. That was supposed to be able to, like, to protect their business, but basically, like, for money, Andrea Swift never wants to date again. Uh, according to sources or whatever she never wants to date again so she's kind of fine with it just being like a marriage or whatever but no they were firmly together in the speak now era and he cheated on um andrea with this like publicist lady that came in before tree pain really yeah because i'm I'm reading an article that's saying as of like it it was dated may 30th 2023 that um they are divorced I really don't think because so. I researched this extensively. They were supposed to get divorced. They tried to do it in Florida because they would get some kind of business protection about it. I will look more into it and like post my findings on my Instagram story. But I because at- I thought the same thing. I I thought they were separate. They separated, but they never actually got divorced. And then. I can't remember what I saw that was talking about their divorce. And I was like, oh, it was talking about how Travis's parents are divorced, just like Taylor's. And I was like, yeah. they never got divorced. I think and then that, I was down the- Like, this I do is- think that they're referred to as as divorce, but I think that they're just too savvy. Wikipedia and, like, said, Wikipedia says they got divorced in 2011. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Like, that's probably when the separation happened. So 2011... That would line up with the affair. I think the woman's name was Pat. But I don't know. And then like also the Miss Americana stuff. I just, Andrea and Angel, Scott Swift. There's been, but also, I mean, you gotta be like, no one that's like that successful when I hear that they're like douchebags. I'm kind of like, okay, that tracks for me, whatever, like. He was a successful businessman back then, and he's, like, led a bunch of financial decisions and team decisions and stuff for Taylor Swift ever since. I know he's been very good to fans, which is nice. They present in a nice, wholesome way. 
Scott Swift is not my favorite dude, but Andrea Swift definitely is. And I could see her and Donna hanging out. Yeah. I love Andrea. Okay, now I'm finding another article that's saying they actually were never divorced, just separated. Yeah, because I, I, I just don't think that they could do it. I don't know. But then there's like a bajillion articles that I'm scanning through that said they got divorced in 2011. Definitely not. Because I remember the... Um, I remember like the news about them like trying to do the divorce was during COVID. Like where they like really tried to pull off like the actual legal side of it in Florida and then it didn't work. I don't know. Now Taylor, you need Taylor, babe. You need clarity. Taylor Swift, you have 24 hours to respond. Tell us if your parents are still married or not. Taylor, well, we know you're listening. Yeah. Um, Just slide into my DMs, Stephanie Moore's comedy. At, yes. Um, and uh, let me know. Just yes, yes or no. That's yes. all I need, babe. That's all I need. Yes. Please. And babe, if you're yes. worried about it, my parents are divorced too, so no judgment. Don't no judgment here. Yeah. I was never mind. I was gonna say something. But <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I just okay. I mean, what's the timeline of accessibility? But like joking about quirky things about your mom after she passed. Like when when is oh. that allowed? Oh, there's no timeline. The um my dad was sentenced to prison in, like two years ago in January. And um the following April, so like four months later. <laughs> four months later, I texted all my siblings on April Fools saying that he had made bail, that he had made parole and they're gonna let him out ten years <laughs> early and they lost their minds. And I was like, JK. Uh, my you, brother, my brother still hasn't spoken to me. Like my brother was so upset, like he was so mad at me, and I was like, it was it was an April Fool's joke. I really think that that needs to be so. If you've been on TikTok, there's that one girl. Her name is Susie, and she she says doesn't like pesto. She doesn't like yeah. she doesn't like store bought pesto. She says, "Call me crazy, but I love store bought pesto." Susie, you're crazy, girl. Yeah. And then they're like, and then you say like, Susie, you're so crazy. But one time, like, then you say, yeah, I know. Like, I, can, actually I told my therapist after I did it and he was like, Stephanie, he was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I thought it was really funny. He's like, did they find it funny? I was like, no. He's like, then it wasn't funny. Absolutely like, not. Oh my God. I, I still goodness. think it was really, it was a great prank. They were like, that doesn't make any sense. Where, who told, they were freaking out. I was like, JK. <laughs> April Fools, check your calendar. April Fools, how are you guys doing today? You having a good Wednesday? Oh my gosh, my, I mean, no spoilers, but every single year for April Fools' Day, I do the same exact joke, and every single time, it always hits. I say, "Hey guys, decided to take a social You're media a break. Media break. I'm, yes, I'm plugging for the weekend, spending time with my family." And then the messages roll in. I really got some people good last time. And then it's like, just kidding. I would never. This is in the April. No. Joke. I would like my. No, no, no. Honestly, no. like, I don't think that my family would like me if I. um, If I did a social media break one time. I, I forgot my phone at church. I forgot my phone at home um, on Sunday. When I went to church without it. And it was a, it, it was like the most like cleansing two hours of my life. I was like that felt like I felt like I felt like ballerina farm. Yeah, you're just I'm, making sourdough while you're like, bleeding. Do I do I own a pig farm and I make bread and homeschool my children? I think I do. Am I, I married 
to the heir of JetBlue. Am, Jet I Blue Air- is my father-in-law the owner of Delta Airlines? Am I like in am a I, weird this is America? Am I in a weird way related to the Jets quarterback Zach Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Am I Zach Wilson's cousin? Like, what is happening oh my here? Gosh, I yeah. didn't have my phone for two hours, and suddenly I was like, turning. It was, it was yeah. yeah. I was doing the whole the whole thing, making homemade noodles out of my sourdough starter. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I there was this one time. I mean, maybe I shouldn't publicly admit this, but years ago, like let's just say five years ago, I think Piper was one and I was pregnant. That's what I think. Five years ago or so, I, I'm i a Mormon. You guys all know this. And mm. the, I don't know, big gasp. And like the prophet of the church, like the leader of the church, told everyone like, hey, we're taking a social media fast for 10 days. I'm challenging oh, yeah. everyone to take a 10-day break from social media, effective immediately. Yes. And I lost my damn mind crying daily and I mean like I will say to give me some credit I'd made really good online friends and I felt like my whole social life was like cut off and I'm just a very social person I lasted like two days before I was like actually like like an addict crying telling my husband like this is so hard and then like finally like day three Alex was like you don't have to do it and then I started like sneaking it where I'm like, I have to cover my tracks because if other people know that I wasn't doing the, the social media goes fast, on your on your social media and sees you've been active. Right. And then I'm like, okay, well, like Marco Polo doesn't count and Snapchat doesn't count. And I could go on Twitter because Twitter is news. Like I was just like slowly like going in, but I was actually distraught. And then I think I made it six days, pretended like I did the whole 10. And then like after the 10 days, I went on my Instagram and I was like, Here's some pictures that you missed while I was gone. The 10 day break felt nice when like really I was like sobbing to Alex. Like I guess I haven't talked to any adults. Listen, Mary, the first step to recovery is admitting there's a problem. Yeah. And then doing nothing to fix it because I had to take the screen time timers off of my phone because it was, I couldn't deal with that information. I want to first say like, thank you for trusting me with that story. And then I'm a safe person for you to come to tell people, tell things like that. And you, we're here to help you, Mary. We're, we, we all love you and we're very concerned for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've been trying to do this thing in the middle of the night when I wake up, um, like with my son, cause he'll like sometimes wake up in the middle of the night. I go get him a bottle. And then I'm like, I'm not going to check my phone to see what time it is. Because if I even look at it, I'm just going to get sucked in. But then sometimes I do it and then, yep. Yes. Yes, so yes, 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 yes. I do have a problem. Anyway, let's talk about Britney Spears, which oh. you guys all know me. I say it every single time. I take no joy in talking about Britney Spears. It is not entertainment to me. No. My most fervent hope in the world for Britney Spears, especially after reading. So I'm like two thirds of the way through. My My biggest hope is for her to just go have a private life in Louisiana. I was just going to say, she needs like a ranch in Montana. She needs, and I mean, she's had her whole entire life of people telling her what she needs to do. And here we are telling her what she needs. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, let, let me just start off with the book first and then we'll just kind of get to Brittany today. So last week on the pod, I addressed a couple concerns I had about the book. 
and its origins and its authenticity and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I will be the first to admit, I am not a free Britney truther. I have not been on the front lines here. I know I have like a sophomore level of knowledge about Mm -hmm. the Britney Spears stuff. Like I know who Lou Taylor is and whatever, but I don't know the, the, the really, you know, like the deep lore, but where was I going with that? Give me a second. Now I cannot remember. Okay. But I read the book. It is so deeply disturbing. It is so dark what this girl has gone through. So the first like nine chapters or so are just kind of talking about like her life growing up in, in Louisiana. I kind of thought that maybe her mom was writing the book. Um. Okay. Cause yeah, that that's a train of thought I was on with the authenticity. A lot of people have questioned the authenticity of the book. If she actually wrote it. Yeah. Because she hasn't done any press. She's done uh-huh. one interview for this book and it was done via email. The um they weren't even able to get her for a photo shoot, which is extremely highly like unusual for like a press tour for a book, right? Yeah. She like the picture that they got was like some picture that didn't really look that great that was licensed to People magazine from Britney Brand, which is like the corporation behind Britney Spears. No press. She's not reading her own audiobook. Michelle Williams is reading it. Yes. Which actually with listening to it, I've actually become like really grateful for because some of the stuff is just so dark and twisted where I think actually hearing Britney Spears talk about it, like in her own voice, I, I don't even think I'd be able to do it. Like, I'm kind of grateful that there's this buffer there of Michelle mm-hmm. Williams, who, first of all, I think it's a good choice to have Michelle Williams be the reader because she has kind of a similar-ish life experience she was a child star she got emancipated from her parents really young she you know was with Heath Ledger and she's used to that whole thing and like the paparazzi invasion and stuff so Michelle Williams I'm sure comes to this with a little bit of perspective right Mm -hmm. but I don't know so the first like nine chapters or so kind of go over her life and her upbringing at first, I was like, maybe like the mom is writing this because it really painted the mom in a good light in the beginning, where it was like the dad, his dad was a drunk, his dad was a horrible husband, his dad um, did many horrible you things. Mean her dad? Do you mean her dad? Her grandpa. So. Oh, her grandfather. Okay, okay. Her okay. grandpa, so her father. Dad. So like, went through like the roots, like, and then she's saying like, my dad was raised by a horrible man mm-hmm. who did these things, and then my dad. He um, had a lot of promise as like a sports player because his dad made him do like, like worked him to death on basketball. Like he would do a long practice and then the dad would say like, okay, well you can't come inside until you do a hundred more baskets and like just constant, constant as if he was a child star, but just with sports. Uh And then talks about like how he got really into drinking and how, they they kind of had like a feast and famine way of growing up where like they were either really successful or the dad was not doing well with alcohol and then like really and this is her dad was not doing well with alcohol and then they wouldn't have any money and and then like making the mom sound really good so it talks about her upbringing her rise to fame 
once it starts getting to the Justin parts, dark. And when the news started coming out last week about the fact that they decided to get an abortion and the um, her thoughts about the Crimea River video, etc., I kind of had this feeling at first where I was like, not feeling bad for Justin Timberlake because we've seen so many kinds of stories about him painting him in a bad light. But there was a part of me that felt like this is a 20 year old thing that happened. And I felt a little slightly bad for him that this was being like relitigated, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the book gets deeper <laughs> into how effed up Justin Timberlake is. And now I'm like, send him to hell goodbye Justin. really yeah i i think justin timberlake being absolutely silent is very telling yeah the only statement that we have from them is just justin and um and his wife are focused on their children and their family life right now and thinking about the future not the past yeah i think that's uh, i think that's very telling i was honestly expecting him to come out and be like but i paid for the abortion kind of vibes like i really thought that's what we were gonna get from him um instead what we get i just think mary and i don't know if your fans are gonna like this take i think the age of women making excuses for men's poor behavior is over and some men did not get the memo quick enough and now it's catching up with them yes do you know what i mean it's just done like it's not gonna happen anymore we're no longer gonna be accepting it and no protecting it and keeping your secrets Mm-hmm. And um, I think some men, again, didn't get the memo soon enough. And now that stuff is cut. Like, like the Jimmy Fallon thing. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just, like, I, I guarantee you, he's not the first late night host who has treated his staff like absolute crud. Mm-hmm. And people have just now, had enough. And now they're just speaking up. No, they don't. They, we're not going to, like, why protect him? I don't know. It's no, I, I agree. And the, um, like that being said, I really feel so much like goodwill towards Britney Spears, not just because of like what she's gone through, but like she really, as much as she could, I mean, I could tell in the book, of course it's a memoir. So it's her own like narration of events. There are a lot of parts of her life that are very quickly glazed over. That being said, she gives so she's so charitable when talking to Justin about Justin Timberlake. Even when mm-hmm. she's talking about how they were together and she knew that he was cheating on her multiple times, but she's just kind of like, I really love him. And he's a young guy around a lot of beautiful women. What do you expect? Yeah. yeah. You know, and she was like faithful or whatever. She did admit to kissing her choreographer, and that's it. She kissed her choreographer one night while Next. he was having sex with other women it sounds like the, the relationship was awful for all yeah. like and then toxic. and not to make light of a horrible situation or like a heartbreaking situation but she talks in depth about the abortion how they had to have it in home because they were too afraid of it getting out so the pain was excruciating she didn't have any anesthesia She's on the floor in the worst pain with blood, just really going through it. Justin Timberlake grabs his guitar 
and starts to sing to her through it. I know. No, I saw. I I was really worried you're going to bring this up. Yeah. There are... There are no words, but also that is peak, like, gross man behavior. Peak. Anyway, here's Wonderwall, you know? like Yeah, no, like, hold still. I have a song about this I wrote. Like, I, I, uh, it's, it's just, it's just peak behavior for sure. For sure. Yeah. I purposely started dating my husband because he did not play guitar. That's a true story. I mean, I was like, oh, you don't know how to play a guitar? Perfect. Let's perfect. go on a date. I can't tell you how many like acoustic guitar sessions I sat through in Provo, yeah. Utah. Mm-hmm. Just sat there. Truly, like that scene from Barbie where Ryan yep. Gosling and yep. all the kids are singing Push by Matchbox 20 is the most relatable thing. Like, Every woman shares that experience of mm-hmm. being like, and I don't know what it is in the in in male DNA that think that is going to draw women to you. It's the same exact I, energy of like that I used to put into watching guys in high school play video games. Like I would sit on the edge of like a dude's bed in his messy room just watching him play Halo for like three hours just because sometimes he would look at me like when I went to go grab snacks, you know? Oh, no. I, I I had I had a boyfriend who would invite me to do that and I never, ever went and it did not last long. because You like, probably I'm had not- dignity and standards, which I did not have. I was also... Something generous. I lacked in my... I was, I was also a little bit of a bitch, but I was like, I'm not going to... A, you're not going to play guitar for me. Well, that was the other thing. This is going to sound so like 40-20, but I was, when I met my husband, I was a music major and I played bass. And so I actually, like I played bass, guitar, and stand-up bass in a jazz band. And I actually knew like real, real classically trained guitarists Mm -hmm. who could play phenomenally. So then I'd go to singles ward and they're playing the same three chords over and over again. And I'm like, please for the love like yeah girls do not be impressed by this i promise you know you can learn three chords and you'll know every song under the universe yeah like don't if i could if i could give a warning out to all the women and girls and moms and granddaughters um don't be impressed by guitar playing yes you need to like there needs to be a specific set of blinders put on like Mm -hmm. guitar playing glasses like hey like, you think that he's doing this because he likes you. He's doing this because he thinks that you'll like it. That's that's the difference. Like, yeah, he's not. He's not no. doing this because he thinks that you enjoy the music. He's doing this because he thinks that you'll give him the attention, you know? I, I know I like to sound like I didn't ever fall for this. But there was one time I dated a boy in high school, not for long, but he wrote me a poem. And I was, no one ever wrote me a poem before. And I loved it. And I car- I carried it around constantly. I took it on a trip to Florida with me. I was like, this boy wrote me this beautiful poem. Turned out to be lyrics from a Blue October song. Stephanie, I have the same story. No, you don't. Mary, not, shut up. Not, no, a blue, don't. not a Blue October song? No, even worse. This dude that I hated, but I dated him. He was the first guy in Provo to ask me out. It was my third day in Provo. 
And I had been told by my young woman's leaders, Mary, go to Provo and get married. Guys, every boyfriend or entanglement that I had until that point was because I had like worn guys down, like until they'd be like, okay, to be seen with me, you know, I'm riding my bike to work. This guy pulls his car over, says, you're very pretty. I would like to take you on a date. And he was handsome. And I was like, I need to marry him. This is my third day in Provo. This is what I was told to come up here and get married. And no guy's ever given me attention like this this before. Then I got to know him and I hated him. Like, I could not stand him. It was ridiculous. And it went on for like two months. But I was like, oh, well, I guess I just got to date him. Anyway, we break up. He breaks up with me, mind you. And then like the my next year and a half in Provo, he would just like kind of randomly reach out to me in weird ways. One time he sent me a poem that he wrote called X's and O's. And then okay. that song became very popular a couple months later after that, where I was like, where do I know these words from? It was the song X's and O's by whatever her name is, L King, Rob Schneider's daughter. X's and the oh, 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 yep. they haunt me. So he tried Yikes. to, he passed that off as a poem that he wrote about me and him. And then, then I heard it on the radio later, like literally like a movie where I'm like, oh, he just straight up plagiarized. Um, I, this, this boy didn't write this, this poem about me, but I, we had a, um, a talent show in singles board and this guy who like, always creeped everybody out like nobody he he everyone got creeper eyes from him got up with a guitar shocking and said that his brother had challenged him to write a song about what he thought the perfect woman was and that was what the song he came up with and he plays this song and we're like okay it was i mean it was good it was uh, but we're like all right and like two days later a new jonas brother song hits the radio and that's the song he's saying at which one was it (laughs) Oh, Justin, do you remember the song he played? With my husband. Oh, um, I think it was. I want to say it was Love Bug. I want to say it was Love Bug. I would die. And I, Justin, were we dating by that point? Yeah. Okay, so I was dating my husband then. And I remember like calling him on the phone and like screaming at him. Like he's, it's playing on, because I'd come home from the talent show and told him about it. And okay, in in I'm not gonna say his name, but in his de- he he is the same name as a Disney villain, a Disney villain. That's all you really need Jafar. to know. Jafar. I'm just kidding. Scar. His name was Scar. Yeah. And no. And he, um, but I also played guitar for the. I you know I'm like smashing on men playing guitar. I played guitar, but I had wrote written a silly song about dating a return missionary. And then, like, no, you. It was a girl who dated a, who dated a boy, and he went on his mission. She was gonna wait for him, but instead, she got married, had kids. And when he got back, she went to go visit him, and he was like, "It's fine. I'm engaged to your sister." And it's very funny, very niche. It was so humor. good. It was so good. It was so good. I wish I remembered the lyrics. I would play for you guys tonight. Um, but no, this 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 young man got up and was like, "My brother challenged me to write a song about, and this is what I came up with." No, it was Love Bug by Jonas Brothers. It was wild. The nerve, the nerve, which is like so I think funny because that stupid. You think we're that stupid enough to figure that out? Well, like just like the the goal, because I think about the fact that like 
whenever I just like situationally have to tell like a tiny white lie or something just to kind of like either save somebody's feelings like and again I'm not talking about anything like major but just kind of like you know what I mean just like yeah nice like easy things not actual lie lies right Mm -hmm. they'll actually keep me up at night I'll actually think about what if I get caught in this like tiny 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 minor white lie yeah you know and like the fact that like some guys out here are just like oh here's a poem I wrote and it's just not a poem that he wrote it's it's actual lyrics or here's a song i wrote but it's love book you know it's insane yeah anyway i digress the second half of the britney's of the britney book oh that's right we're talking about britney spears abortion and we got stuck on single guitar playing (laughs) but she talks about how justin had a world of opportunity for him after crimea river after he lied about her cheating And painted her out to be the bad guy. And her team didn't really save her from that. They just kind of thought that she could play into it a little bit. And he's had so much success. And I'm kind of skipping ahead here. But she talks about how at the 2000... I'm just going to say 2007 VMAs. I really think it was the 2007 VMAs where she goes up and she performs Gimme More. Which is like that yes. iconically bad and sad performance because she does she was not meant to be performing then, right? Uh-huh. She has like the worst performance of her lifetime. Whereas at that same exact show, Justin Timberlake like closes out the show with Timbaland and Nelly Furtado singing this smash hit song. He's at the top of his game, you know? And like she she'll do those comparisons throughout the book, kind of like Here's why I was, and also here was where Justin was. But then the part that, like, has made me so nauseated and just disgusted and helplessly ragey has been learning about her relationship with Kevin Federline. The fact that, like, while she's pregnant with his second child, he's basically just ignoring her. He's not answering his her calls. She's trying to show up places where he is, and he's having people stop her outside and say, like, no, you can't come see me. She's, like, basically funding his music career, and he's just, like, sitting in a studio smoking pot all day. And she's chasing him around, trying to, like, just see this. Because she had one baby with him, and then has that baby, gets pregnant again three months later. Which I never really realized that the age gap was that small. Of her two boys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gets pregnant three months later. And then during that second pregnancy, she's just chasing him around. And then when they like decide to get divorced and she has the baby, he is able to keep the kids from her. Which kind of brews the whole conservatorship thing. And she describes how she really just like went crazy because... He was filing for full custody and he was able to legally figure out a way to like keep her from any visitation from her babies. So she has a five month old baby that she hadn't seen in weeks. Oh, and she describes that. And I'm like, I, that's like one of my like nightmare dreams, you know, like actual, I hate always being like as a mother, you know, cause I mean like as a human, but as a mother, like thinking about somebody taking my children and being helpless to that situation, I would like, I would 
burn cities to the ground. I would do anything, you know, like the rage I felt listening to that story is so, it's so dark. And then she talks about the conservatorship, how they totally tricked her into it, how her dad says like, I'm Britney Spears now. And then like, basically they hold her kids and visitation with her kids over her head for 13 years. So she like, she tried to fight it the first year and then she just kept getting things taken away from her and her kids taken away from her more and more. So finally, like just her will was broken and she's like, I'll do whatever you want. You could work me to death. And like, and she's in this conservatorship. This isn't news. I mean, like we all relitigated this a couple years ago, but like she's in this conservatorship yeah. that's meant for people that like can't be trusted to feed themselves or take care of their own money or like function as a human, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're putting her out on tour and then they're putting her on the residency in Vegas. They're working her like crazy. And the whole time they're like just dangling visits with her kids over her head. She's never able to actually live with the kids. It's like, it's the most disgusting. Every single adult that interacted with her after the a after the year 2004, 2005 deserves to be in jail, beneath the jail, dead. Like the amount of rage you will feel when you- Hung in the her. town square. Hung in the town yeah. square. Like I think literally, uh, I don't know. I was about to say something really bad, but- Sometimes, like, I'm a faithful woman. Like, mm-hmm. I I mean, I won't get into it. But, like, one of the things I really believe in, like, faith-wise is, like, justice. And, like, oh, sometimes yeah. I just cannot wait for some people to die. Like, karma? And just, like, yeah, just, like, meet their maker. Like, Taylor Swift's karma song? I, yeah, I think yeah just, like, back to Taylor just like Taylor Swift's karma song. I can't wait for some people to, you know, like, die of natural causes or whatever. I'm not wishing ill will towards people. Like, I cannot wait for justice to just be swift and swift and swift. (laughs) You see what I did there? And like steady. Like, that's why I kept thinking the whole time. I was like, I cannot wait. Well, I think like, like you see what's happened to Jamie Lynn and like, she's having to do these trashy reality TV shows and no one bought her book. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's coming around. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get to treat people that way and be successful and have all good things happen to you. Nope. Exactly. And she talks about how um, how one of, like, the most disturbing things ever was they, like, they trapped Brittany into this conservatorship. They strapped her to a gurney. All this crazy stuff unjustly. Like, she wasn't, she was taking Adderall, but she wasn't, like, on drug benders and she was socially drinking but she wasn't on like alcohol like she wasn't addicted to alcohol or anything but they kept staging these things with helicopters and SWAT teams and tying her down to gurneys and all this stuff just to convince her that like the conservatorship needs to happen meanwhile the mom is writing this book and is like going on talk shows talking about how she has a pregnant teen and but like isn't that so great that Jamie Lynn's is, is going to have this baby. We're so excited. I'm going to be a grandma again, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. But like Brittany is like just wasting away in a mental hospital and her mom's just like on talk shows, just, just chatting away and just like, Oh yeah, we're, we're sad for Brittany, but we're, we're doing what we need to like, this totally exploited her whole thing. Everyone in that book was evil. Everybody. The yeah. end. Oh. 
That's the all. Worst. It's all. It's all so bad. Yeah. It's and I mean, good. and you know who would never do that? Andrea Swift. Yes, never. And never. I will say, controversial. What? I love a controversial opinion. And I mean, this really plays into my overarching thought of like, I just want her to have a private life. I don't want her to be in the public eye. Yeah. Especially because... She owes us nothing. Yeah. Britney owes Spears us nothing. owes us nothing. I understand why she has to do the book. She doesn't have money like she used to. And she needs the money. Get the money. Totally fine. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming based on the evidence that we're being presented through Instagram and stuff, she could use some additional help. And if that's some kind of conservator something with somebody with obviously really good intentions, like there, there does seem like there needs to be an extra added layer of life management she needs, she needs she needs somebody in her corner who's going to look after yeah. her as we all do yes and it does not because she's crazy it's because she's been through a lot and she needs a oh, safe yeah. space and someone to look out for her exactly yeah. because it's like and again Brittany, if you're watching this slide into my dms yeah i will gladly do that for you you know yeah. who'd be good for that taylor swift oh Liz, yeah taylor taylor swift do amazing things for Brittany, and she has the free time yeah so she taylor has What's Taylor possibly doing right now? Yeah, she has the time. It's fine. Yeah. Um, okay, we have one more subject. We, we need to talk about this. We just have an internet happenings section. You guys probably know this about Stephanie. So now we're really shifting gears. So long story short, read Britney Spears, The Woman and Me, but you have to just be really ready for a lot of trigger warnings. To me, it's it's been too much at certain times. So just take care of yourself while you read it. And Brittany, we're pulling for you as always love you Brittany. yes now really shifting gears to some internet happenings quickly let's just do a quick eight passengers update so oh, i think we're gonna go into my favorite part okay eight passengers they just had a they just had a court thing didn't they yes last week so okay. it seems like a lot of the stuff is going to end up being sealed but i'm sure it will come out anyway yeah we well, saw- I mean, you're dealing with minors. It needs to be sealed. Like, oh, yeah. That's my personal And opinion. we're not just dealing with minors, but we're dealing with an insane woman. Yeah. I don't even want to call her insane because I feel like that takes away some of her culpability. I think she knows exactly what she's doing. I think she's just evil. She's dangerous. She's yeah. a dangerous woman. She's dangerous. And she's making horrible accusations that really should be kept from, you know. It's so gross. It's yeah. so gross. And then to find out that her husband had tried to press charges against their daughter who's trying to take care of the kids mm-hmm. they're just it's so gross. the whole thing is so upsetting so catching everybody up to speed so ruby frankie you know in the first court hearing she they make some kind of custody thing for her children and then ruby frankie says that one of the kids has had like she i'm not even gonna repeat them accused him of no some terrible crimes right and he's a child and a a lot of them didn't even make sense she's like this child has been watching pornography since he was three which like how that yeah like you know how right but then also you have to remember she thinks that apple bottom jeans is pornography so so there's that right so 
she makes the accusation. So then that son cannot be housed with other women or with other children. So he's separated now from his siblings, which is evil. Shari or Sherry Frankie, the oldest daughter, has stepped up to take custody. And in the last couple weeks, there's been like and she's like 22. She's yeah. so young. There's been body cam footage of Kevin Frankie, the husband, who has yet to be arrested for anything. And whose story is kind of like, I've been kicked out. I haven't been in the loop with all this stuff. I had um, no idea. Yeah, I've just been living with Chad, uh, their oldest son, who's younger than Sherry. I've been living with Chad. I didn't know that all these horrible things were happening. But then he goes to his house to pick up some things, including some laptop that he really wants to make sure that he gets. And then Sherry, I guess, had already had already picked up some of these things. And he tries to press charges on Sherry for taking things Which out of the police were there. The police were there with Sherry when she took those items. FYI. Yeah. Like the police allowed Sherry to take the items from the home. And That's this is not a home. And this is not a home that Kevin was living in, first of all. Mm-hmm. So like these were like the kids' possessions, but there was something. I mean, like to me, that screams what's on that laptop that he needs. Yeah. That he's willing to press charges to get back, you know? Mm-hmm. but that's this Mary conspiracy corner because we've learned with these crazy psycho people it's not a, it's not a conspiracy he's the one that said he wants to press charges because she took this laptop that yeah. she had every right to take from the home and like you're her father and she's trying to help the younger kids why are you why are you clearly not on her side mm-hmm. like, if he wants custody, side? but that's not really seeming like it's going to work out but then they were just at some kind of court hearing and where him Shad and Sherry were all there together. Like they all walked out together. So it seems like they might be on some kind of united front for some things. Anyway, Mm -hmm. there's a, is it tomorrow? Is today the 24th? Yeah, I think it might be tomorrow. There's supposed to be some kind of other court thing happening this week. That's about the criminal case, not about the well, the well, the sorry, the welfare case or the custody cases. So the criminal case we'll always know about. So hopefully we'll find out more information soon. But it's all just so dark. There was um, body cam footage from the president of Connections, which remember Connections is like the cult that that Jody and Ruby were in. Mm -hmm. Jody Hildebrandt. The president of Connections, she was housing two of ruby's kids when ruby says hey i have to go up to st george right now for a family emergency so the cops came to that house to go get the kids because they didn't know what condition those kids were going to be in what was your read on that body cam footage of them getting the girls of them interviewing the president of connections um i think they're hiding as hiding things as well like if you see the footage of them going to get their girls from this the the house, mm-hmm. they were not going to let the girls leave the house. They were like, like you have police officers who are like, no, we have warrants, mm-hmm. and they they still were like, they wouldn't even let the girls come to the door. Yeah, I feel like and, there's. I mean, I hate to give any of these psychos the benefit of the doubt, right? 
But no, I yeah, like they're also far beyond the benefit of the doubt. And if you're the president of connections, you have some messed up ideals and ideologies, you know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a lot that seemed genuinely like some like genuine confusion on her part. On the connection? Yeah, like no, when she was I, being I, interviewed. I, I don't think for a second that woman didn't know what Jody was doing. I don't Truly. know, because, like, when she was being interviewed and stuff, it seemed like she didn't even know that she was exactly being interviewed about Ruby and Jody. Like, she thought that maybe she's perhaps being interviewed about a, one of her daughters that lives in St. George. Like, there was some genuine confusion. So I don't think that she knew that it was as bad. bad. I will say, like, I think I talked about this last time on the podcast. I've been watching this situation for like a year mm -hmm. and even joined Jody's connections, Facebook group to get like an even closer inside scoop about what, what's wrong with these people. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely no way that like you even listened to one of her little podcasts and you thought, Oh yeah, she's not abusive. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah um, I mean, and that's what I keep. Um, that's what I keep, you know, proclaiming to everybody. Like, Yes, the Ruby story is like the most like sensational one, but we got to look at connections further because they have retreats full of women who believe the same thing, you know, like who have been taking parenting advice from this crazy person. But that's well, I, a passenger's update. Dark. It's so dark. Yeah. And now since we have an actual boots on the ground mortician with us, Stephanie, Let's do this. Let's do this. It's time to talk about a different internet happening. Um, who is Lauren the Mortician from TikTok? Lauren the Mortician. Okay. I want to preface a few things before I begin. One, um, Lauren the Mortician always give me the ick, and I'll get into why in a minute. Mm -hmm. Two, um, so there's some like verbiage that we need to clear up. Um, I have a degree in mortuary science and I passed my boards. So I'm a licensed mortician. Um, well, board, sorry, I'm board certified to get my license in Arizona. I need to complete 25 more embalmings. I just hate embalming so much. Like rightfully I so. It doesn't sound good. I can't tell you how much I hate embalming. <laughs> I hate it so much. I can still practice. I'm just not licensed. So I don't get to sign documents as a, a funeral director mm -hmm. is basically only like, I just don't get to sign documents. I do. I can do everything else. I can embalm. I can funeral plan. I can, I can do all those things. I can cremate. I can bury. I just can't sign anything. Um, and that's in the state of Arizona. Now licensing, 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 what's that word? Licensing, licensing, licensing is different from state to state and most states i think there's maybe only a handful that don't require licensing colorado being one of them which is why there's so many horror stories coming out of colorado about funeral homes because they don't they don't regulate um so it's like entry level what do you mean like you could just get a job as a mortician like you could you see could, a job you could, and a job opening. you you could do embalmings in colorado you could walk in and be i have like, a 1.8 high school gpa and nothing else i could go be a mortician in colorado uh-huh uh -huh. oh my uh -huh. gosh where like for me to be board certified um i had to have a degree i had to take the boards which were like gnarly but part of the degree is 
there's one, a ton of science and two, a ton of law. Like there's, there's so many laws surrounding the death industry and the funeral business. Like, and that's like, there's just things that you have, you, you have to know. So you don't break laws and you don't like, you don't end up like these places in Colorado who don't properly care for the de- the deceased and end up with, I mean, have you been following that terrible story? Yeah. Yeah. Like they found like 180 dead bodies in a funeral home, just decomposing, like, but because they don't regulate there. Yeah. So anybody can do it. Anybody can open a funeral home. My funeral home I work for that I love very much is family owned. It has been in their family. I think our owner now, um, he is, I think he's the fourth generation. And so like this family has been doing it forever and they're established in the community and they're trusted and it's great. And I love working for them. Um, So with that said, I did some research, more research on Lauren the mortician, mortician after everything that's been coming out. And what's been coming out is that she, so like her whole brand on TikTok was originally she told like horrifying ghost stories. And then she became more of like a child safety expert. Are you already yawning? I've just started. No, no I, the yawns are reflexive. I have four children. They are not about Lauren the mortician or your narration. So she started going down this path of like a child safety expert, which there's a lot of things in in my life that I have to check and be like, is this really dangerous or am I just traumatized by something I saw once? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, and that was the thing. So like, it wasn't even just child safety. Like you would see a video like on TikTok of somebody tubing on a boat in an unsafe way and then she would just be tagged a million times so then she could share a horror story of like oh yeah like you're you're not tying that tube on the boat properly and one time in the morgue like this is what i saw i saw somebody die this way okay so well yes we're going to get there so she she does like the whole child safety thing which the biggest red flag for me on that is she has three children and she has a pool of no fence. That's all we need to know. You're going to be a child safety expert and you're going to have three kids in a pool of no fence. Miss me with that. Another thing, she has an unbelievable amount of like horrible things she has seen and horrible events. Now, my funeral home cares for about 350 families a year. My little funeral home in 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 Mesa is a huge area, but we also have we have multiple homes. But my specifically specifically I work out, I serve about 350 families a year. And it's October and I was doing the math and I've only seen three um traumatizing deaths in children this year under the age of 12. I've seen like fentanyl overdose and other things in teenagers. But like traumatizing, like childhood, like holy cow, how does this happen? Kind of a deal, only three times in in the, in the entire year, and we serve three hundred and fifty families. So yeah. that like it's 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 not that it's not common. It's just it's like I don't it's know, like, like one it, of those people that have a story for everything, and you're like, really, like the story that I'm telling you, you just happen yes. to have something so random. She has relate to. She ha- yes, and then. The other thing, well, this is the other thing I want to make clear. So a coroner 
or a medical examiner is different from a mortician. So like I have a lot of science in my degree, but, and like we did take some, like we take like some surgical classes and stuff um, just because of like autopsy care and that kind of thing. But like a coroner or medical examiner actually has a medical degree. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they're like literally in the medical field and they are. So how it works when there's a death, if you die at like a hospice, the hospice people will call me and be like, Hey, Smith Smith, Miss Smith is dead. She's 87 years old. This is the location you need to come get her. Perfect. We're on our way. If you, if, um, I'm, I'm trying not to just like, if there's a car accident, the police don't call me. They call the coroner because mm-hmm. they take the bodies and they do the autopsies. And then the coroner will call me to pick them up. I Like we don't pick up from. An autopsy is not death. part of a mortician's job. No, no. That's, that's I, a legal part thing. Of my, part of my schooling was to assist with autopsies at the coroner's office. Um, but it is not, I, I am not certified to, to perform one. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do with like, okay, okay, so for instance, fun fact about embalming, everyone's going to get a little lesson in embalming. This is one of my favorite fun facts about embalming. But when somebody dies, all their blood pools to like where gravity's pulling it. So if you die face down, you're going to be like looking really bruised on your front because that's how that works with the blood pulling, right? Okay. And then when we embalm, we get rid of that blood pulling that looks like bruising but it's not because it, it's it's just from your blood is no longer circulating through your veins and gravity's pulling it down to like the lowest point of gravity and that goes away with embalming however any trauma done to the body before embalming will show up after embalming so if somebody beats the crap out of you and you die from that but we can't see the markings because you've been laying there dead once we embalm you whatever was done to you before you died will show and so last week last week just last week it was actually my first time ever my first time ever somebody was embalmed and the next morning I went in and there was severe um head wounds that were not there before and I had to call the coroner's office and they had actually come from the coroner's office and I was like we did not see this yesterday and they, they said they didn't have anything in their paperwork about head wounds so they just came down and took pictures like, does that make sense? Yes, that's insane. I did not know that. Yeah, isn't that a fun, a fun fact? But so um, anyways, with Lauren the Mortician, she tells her stories and like her her stories that are for dramatic flair are always her going and picking up traumatizing deaths, like car accident victims or children that drowned in pools. That's not her job. Like there were so many times that she would tell stories and I'd be like, that is not your job. Yeah. Why you would not be called to pick up a child out of a pool. You wouldn't. The coroner would. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how this works. And so that was like the first lie that really bothered me. I also can't stand she does like a 15 second introduction to every freaking TikTok. And I'm like, I don't have 15 seconds to sit here for your introduction yeah. every single time. Super obnoxious. But she also has like, like I said, an unbelievable amount of traumatic stories. Mm-hmm. So turns out I did some research. I did a little bit of a rabbit dive, a rabbit hole dive. What do you call it? Deep dive? Deep dive. Rabbit today. Hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yes. After you told- 
you, you wanted to talk about this, so I went and I went and did some. I did my research. Thanks, sweetie. And you name time. So her father owns a funeral home in Minnesota, and I believe his father was a mortician as well. And um, her father has publicly stated that yes, she has a degree. She only worked in a funeral home for one year and has never worked in a funeral home ever again. And that he has told her that like the way she shares stories is inappropriate. And like, so technically we don't have to follow HIPAA. Like Mm -hmm. there's no HIPAA laws for death care, but our company policy is we follow HIPAA. So like we've taken care of high profile people. I can't talk about it though. Mm -hmm. Like I could, I I can't tell you, I I, I couldn't tell you on the podcast. Um, um, and not because legally I'm not allowed to, it's just, that's your company it's, policy. It's just manners. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? These people who were, it's literally one, speaking ill of the dead. Well, and there, and it's, it's not even, it's less about the dead, but more their loved ones that are yeah. still here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, she, this was the, this, this is the one thing that I actually stopped following her when she did this. Somebody had posted on one of her um, TikToks that she took care of her grandmother. And she's like, it actually really upsets me that you talk about death this way. And like, if I, oh, I think it was her mother. And she's like, and if I had seen your TikToks beforehand, I would have never let you take care of my mom. And she responds to the comment and just drags this woman through the coals. And I'm like, no, she's allowed to feel that way because she's she's not wrong. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. She That's can. She so can inappropriate. So inappropriate. So this is what got her canceled. Let's get to that. So she got into this whole child safety expert thing. There has been now for me. I, it's not necessary. I see people do stupid things with their kids all the time. Just today, I saw a woman. On the on the on the road, like on a busy road, with her, like he maybe was five on the back of a motorcycle with a bicycle helmet on, and I was fuming mad. Yeah, but it's not great. But my frustration comes from like I don't think that woman thinks that's safe for a second. I don't know their story. Their car might have broken down. Like I I don't I don't know. Yeah, but also like for me, it's more of it's frustrating to me to see people. Um, cheat death that way does that make sense where no, i'm like yeah. i just i just came from a situation where somebody wasn't that lucky like it yeah. just frustrates me and that's mm-hmm. my own that's my own thing again a lot of times i have to check myself of like is this really dangerous or i'm just having a traumatic response to this mm-hmm. anyways so she started going on uh, she started talking about uh car seat safety and was saying that this certain car seat was not safe well, this man who's a child safety technician, like he has a doctorate degree and his entire life revolves around making sure children have safe strollers and car seats yeah. and full equipment and that kind of thing said, like said, you know, actually that car seat's very safe. And like when we, when we give false information like that, we actually make things even less safe for children because moms are listening to you and not choosing the safer option. Like, yeah. She has no credentials to tell you what car seat's safe or not. And let me just butt in to say real quick, I have no, you know, experience in the mortician world, but I have served seven years in mommy Facebook groups. And there is no group 
more ruthless on the internet than the CPSTs, the car seat safety technicians, or however, I don't know what their acronym is. Yeah. It's essentially, it's just a certificate that you can get. And it's not like a well, college so this, education. I know yeah, that this time education, but yeah, he and the other people with this, um, let me see, see, yeah. Car seat. I need to see the um the acronym because they will always be um they'll always be in Facebook groups. CPST Child Passenger Safety Technician. That's what the acronym is for. No, yeah. So this guy, this guy does like um safety equipment for children, like bathtub safety and mm -hmm. Like so, like so, he has a higher level of education. But what he and everybody was mad at her was because the car seat safety technicians are a very, very loud and passionate group online, and you yeah. do not want to cross them ever. And they love to talk about their certificate that they got. And there is a lot of like, I feel like always a certain type of way. Like I, I feel like some of them really do care about child safety. And I really do love that, but I do encounter a lot of them that like really just love to kind of shame and like feel like they're better. Yes, so which her videos, her videos very much started to feel like, yes. I don't know if he's noticed. Yeah. I, she would like, she would stitch a video of somebody doing something with her kid, which is like obviously not safe. And a lot of times I'm like, I don't think these people thought it was safe. This is a three second video. It may yes. have lasted three seconds. I would have not been okay with it. But I don't think they need you publicly shaming them online about yep. this being safe for their kid. Anyways, he would just was like, hey, just to be clear, this is a safe car seat. Like, yeah. And she made a post saying, would anybody really take advice about child safety from a man? As in like. That doesn't have children because he also doesn't have children. He doesn't have children. Um, but he literally dedicates his entire career to yeah. understanding like what is safe for children in their homes and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And let's just get one thing clear really quick. If there is a car seat manufactured in the USA, it is safe. There is not, mm -hmm. there are not unsafe car seats that like do not pass the bare minimum safety requirements for a car seat sold. Like unless they're recalled, like, but like if you're going to, walmart or target or something any any car seat that they have there is safe doesn't matter if it's the 80 dollars one or yeah. the 400 dollars one they both meet safety requirements so her yeah. saying this so car seat isn't safe is just baloney to begin with because unless it's been recalled or that she wasn't saying it wasn't safe because of how it was installed or how um no it how just wasn't clipped in seat. yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's where people started to really feel like maybe she has some red like because like i i agree just crediting somebody strictly because of their gender and you don't think men I, men should be able to have an opinion on what's safe for children is wild to me yeah like wild and as a mortician myself i am in no way a child safety expert exactly. i have seen things that i would never do because i've seen the worst outcome mm -hmm. like I I would never go sleep with my children strictly because I've owned I've I have seen the worst case scenario. Yeah. Do people do it and it's fine all the time? Absolutely. 
absolutely. But like the trauma I've endured by seeing that, but I'm not going to go on TikTok and be like, you're all going to, does that make sense? No, hundred percent because she's just acting like, and I mean, there's like a small amount of public responsibility on it too, because I mean, if you're accepting information from a source, you should use your brain, vet it out and realize that like, Hey, a mortician isn't an expert on safety on water safety on everything. So like, there's a little bit of public responsibility there, but she's positioned herself as some kind of safety expert for everything because of the things that she's seen. So people are tagging her in these videos all the time. Like Lauren, the mortician, what do you think of this weird thing? Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is she hasn't seen this stuff though. Yeah. Cause she only worked in a funeral home for one year mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. served, I think like 175 families. We served 350 and I've seen three traumatic deaths in children this year. Yeah. She served, you know what I mean? Like the number, the math does not math. Totally. And like she, and, she promotes these products too, by saying they're safe or unsafe. And like, there was, was the a, other thing tra- she, like, she promotes products and then you go to her bio and she's selling them. Yeah. So it's like, are they safe for you? Like everyone needs a hustle, but like to use this idea that like, this is what I'm, I deal with dead people. And if you don't want your baby to die, I know how to prevent that. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, she was promoting this like safety bathtub gate thing. That was, that was what I remember watching that. And I couldn't believe she said that was safe. Yeah. And that's not even from like a mortician standpoint. That's just from a mother standpoint. Yeah. Like or it like just, it, it essentially was like protecting splashing from getting out of the tub. And somebody said like, is this safe? But if you're trying to get a child out of the bathtub really quickly, it was providing mm-hmm. about a foot of barrier between you and the bathtub right but so she goes on she tries out and she goes i'm trying it right now it's working great i would use this for my kids this is safe it has like this like safe release thing but really the safer option is to just not use it and like that product hadn't been like hadn't gone through the proper channels to make it a safe baby product like it's something that would definitely just be recalled just hasn't been on the market long enough to be recalled you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and then the other thing that she recently did that got her called out real bad was she was um, talking about like, no, I, I, I don't know if I want to go on this road, <laughs> but she was talking about like things to put in your child's bath to um, like sue them or, or release toxins or that kind of thing. And which is like, not based in science which is fine if that's how you that that's like what you still Mm -hmm. want to I mean I use Epsom salts every night I have no idea if it does anything but it makes me feel better yeah and um then you go to her page and she is a distributor of them like she makes a cut off it so it's like is it really doing those things and you've already created a fan base of fear of mm-hmm. people being absolutely terrified of their children of dying and you're now made yourself the voice of I'm going to keep your kids safe yeah but it's like are you though if you're also if if you can't there ha- you have to be careful when it's like somebody's telling you the problem with one hand and selling you the solution in another well and, and- it's funny because in some I mean, you all, you only know what the algorithm shows you, right? So I've seen so many like sketchy or problematic videos from Lauren the Mortician or like look at these old posts that she made or like she's given this unsafe advice, whatever. 
So like in my mind, I'm like, okay, so she's been canceled and everyone has like moved on. Right. But then I saw some random like prank video that was like something like that was really not safe. They like put something in a microwave, whatever. It was uploaded two days ago. All the comments were just Lauren, the mortician, Lauren, the mortician, Lauren, the mortician. Should we put this in a microwave? Should we put this in a microwave? Like, could we do this in a microwave? So like people are just not catching on yet. And so she's still giving unsafe advice because it's still lining. Well, and I, my biggest issue is that she flat out lies. Like the, the story she tells and how she talks about our job is not our job. It's just not our job. And, um, using other people's traumatic events for clout is really gross to me. Yeah. Like there has been things I've wanted to share in spaces that I feel like, I don't know, but I, 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 I always, I never do because I'm like, this is just not mine to share. Mm-hmm. This is, this is just not mine to share. It's not my place to mention that we've taken care of this person. Our, it's not my place to talk about what I watch this family go through and heal from. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just not my place. And I can talk about it in a very general sense, but it always, it always does better if it's more specific, but I'm not going to do that because more than anything, my job is to make sure my families are cared for and they, they trust me with their loved one and they know that they're safe with me and that I'm going to respect not just them, but their loved one. And she just kind of throws all of that out the window with the way she talks about being a mortician. And there's a reason you don't see morticians like that online because it's just a gross way to behave in our industry. Yeah. It just is. It's unprofessional. Well, and there are some very creative creators in the death industry that can talk about, because I I also think it's very important that the general public know more about how it works. I really, truly do. I think it's very Mm -hmm. important. Um, and there's some incredible creators that can spread knowledge and teach without re-traumatizing the masses about something that's not their story. Mm-hmm. And do you know what I mean? No, and 100%. lying about your credentials. Like she just flat out lies. She lives in Florida now. Her, her dad has said that she lives in Florida now. She is not a practicing mortician and she's not board certified down there. And it's just, I don't know. Like, and then I look at the people I work with who've been doing this for decades and have given their entire life to it and are so humble and like, do you no, know what I mean? Totally. And they do an incredible job, but you, you wouldn't know who they were when they were walking through. The, that was the other thing. Her whole vibe, you would never find in a funeral home. You would never find that in a funeral home. There would never be somebody with purple hair in a funeral home. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, the, you just, you're just not going to find that because yeah. it's, it's a very um, conservative industry. And I'm or, sure it's like, like a somber place, you know, like, yeah, you have to like, just, I'm sure you have to operate on the base level that anybody walking in the door is devastated, heartbroken, and is going to have to go make some like tough and expensive decisions. Yeah. So you want to like yeah. handle it with like some decorum and then you could like yeah. vibe people out after, but. Yeah. And you're also not like. We don't, we like, especially for services, we never want to draw attention to ourselves ever in any way. Like our, our like kind of motto for services is like, you're not, no one's supposed to know you're there unless they need you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, so I should be able to stand in a space where I can see what's going on, but I'm in nobody's way and I don't need to say anything, but I need to be close enough that if they need something, I'm immediately there. Mm -hmm. And 
is just like she would could you imagine like you've gone through this traumatic experience and this woman with this massive tiktok following comes to take your loved one away and she's got purple do you know what i mean yeah it's like it's just not practical and it's not what the industry is at all Mm-hmm. at all and I don't like seeing anybody get canceled but I do think it's important that people are ha- are held responsible like like the whole Britney Spears family thing that people are held responsible for how they behave especially mm-hmm. online and so that's what's going on for- I'm very interested to see how it ends if she's ever going to like come forward and be like no I only did practice for one year and I with her family having a funeral home for generations I'm sure she's heard her, like horrific stories I'm sure she has but they're yeah. not hers and she didn't experience it and it's just not it's just not right to like I remember there was one that she did where she was like standing on a beach and it's like her voiceover talking about picking up a mom and her baby and this and that and I just thought like what am I watching right now yeah like why like what this, is that's not reality no and I like there's been times where I've shared things on my personal Instagram and like my closest friends where I don't give away anything, but like, like I, but it's just like, sometimes you just need to talk about it. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And like, we recently had a funeral director pass away very suddenly at my funeral home and I needed to discuss it, but there's, but we're still like, he came, we took care of him in our funeral home and his family are our clients and so out of complete respect like i'm not going to discuss anything further yeah do you know what well, i like mean? and that's Even the difference that like you're not trapped. doing these things for attention where she no. is sharing these stories for attention and like we've yeah. crossed the raising awareness line so long ago with the things that she shares and the things yeah. that she's willing to promote because she has been weirdly put in this like safety position I I don't know. Good luck to her. I think things will catch up with her because yet again, the the CPST community, the most ruthless mafia on the internet. I swear. Even more, even more than the, even more than the, um, you know, baby feeders. Like, how do you feed your baby and that kind of thing? Oh, like I mean, they're all one and the same, but the CPSTs are the most ruthless. Like. A a breast a breast is best advocate wouldn't last mm-hmm. five minutes, really. If, if a CPST person was yelling at him, I've seen the most ruthless. I have seen people talking about how like these traumatic things, but then in the background there's a picture of a kid in a car seat, and it's like, hey, I'm so sorry that um your husband is dying of cancer. By the way, that chest clip needs to be bumped up a little bit. Safety first. Honestly, all, when all any when anybody with a significant amount of following posts anything with their kids in the background in a car seat, I bravest human being I know. Run to the comments. Bravest my, human being I know. My like baby shower advice every single time to every like new mom is find a pediatrician. Like finding a good pediatrician should be cause number one. Like it will date your pediatricians find a good one that you feel comfortable with number two never post a picture of your kid in a car seat online ever 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 no no yeah uh, yeah because the no. cpst community uh the most passionate swifty couldn't stand up against them nobody i have seen the and most C- gangster stuff 
carried the out. PSD by- community, if you're if you're watching this, um, feel free to DM me and we can talk. CPST community, if you are listening to this, feel free to never DM me. I never want to hear from Mary you. wants to have you on the next podcast. No, genuinely. <laughs> I mean, I and I mean, I say this with like love and admiration in my heart, but also with like seven years of experience in mom groups and just watching these straight up, like the straight up mafia of people who got their certificate in this. I do believe that a lot of you care about child safety. But it is like hall monitors on steroids. It well, is. That's, that's what I mean. Like, again, with my own things, like, I truly have to step back all the time and be like, mm. is this really as dangerous as like anxiety inducing as it feeling? Or is it just because I've seen some things? Yeah. And that and doesn't make like, that doesn't make me an expert in that. Or like, does that make sense? No, totally. And I mean, again, let me be perfectly clear. Everybody, please hook up your car seats properly. My goodness, there's too many resources at our disposal to not have safe mm-hmm. car seats. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I think that these people are fighting the good fight, but like they log on to the internet every single morning ready to tussle. Yeah. And this Lauren, the mortician girl, I think that that's going to end up being her downfall. Like if she has one or two more of these run-ins, I've never seen a takedown quite like when I was pregnant with my first baby I was invited to be in a sancti mommy Facebook group which was a drama group they said it's this is a drama group where they call out other moms and what you're doing badly for educational purposes and I and I joined it and it was all like breast is best car seat crazy no crib bumpers on your crib safe sleep everything and stuff like again good ish i mean other than like the breast is best thing good ish standards or whatever to like look out for but it's like call out post everybody stop drop and roll right now you have 15 minutes to post um the inside of your nursery go and then just all the comments just rip everybody apart right Oh my gosh. I know. And I was pregnant because my friend invited me to be in this group, like to kind of people watch. And I was like, so horrified. And then when I, um, my daughter went to the NICU and they gave me this pamphlet about something and the front page of the pamphlet had a baby in a car seat that didn't even have a chest clip. Like it was like one of the European car seats that didn't have a chest clip. And I was like, finally, I have something to contribute to the page. So I posted it on the page and I was like, my daughter's in the NICU right now. Look at like this official hospital document that they just gave me. Isn't this crazy that there's no like chess clip, you know, just cause I loved, love the drama and the comments I was getting were insane. They're like, give me the number of the hospital right now. We're going to call them on live. Like, like admin Michelle is going to get on live right now and berate the NICU workers until they show us a picture of all these brochures in the trash. Like they are nuts, nuts. Jeez, it's insane. So yeah. I would like, I would like to close this segment with saying, yes, I have sat with mothers who have lost children in traumatic experiences, and every one of those mothers loved their babies yes. and cared for their children, and in no way was there any malicious anything, and were absolutely devastated and to live the rest of their lives with that trauma, mm-hmm. and. It has caused me an intense amount of empathy towards just mothers in general. And there, I mean, we can all only do our best and to shame each other for safety or 
Meanwhile, you have Ruby Frankie tying up her kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you like, know there what are I mean? other fights to fight. There are other fights to fight. And then the mothers that I have sat with who have lost their child to something that Lauren the mortician would berate them online for is wrong because these women will never be the same. Yeah. Ever. And they'll never forgive themselves. And um, I still pray for many of them every night because it's just it's they're they're at, at the heart they they're mothers who are just trying yeah. and there needs to be space for that as well and not the perfect mom you're, you're either perfectly safe or you're the most dangerous human being and you don't care about your kids that's not how mm-hmm. that's not how that works I can't tell you how many stupid things my kids have done that I was like I'm glad nobody saw that oh yeah so. 100% Anyway, on that note, thank you everybody for listening to the special two-hour episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I hope you all loved it. Go Diamondbacks! Go Diamondbacks! Go Go Taylor Swift (laughs) and Travis Kelsey and my goodness, go Britney Spears. Yes. Um, Go to Louisiana, please, in private. and Go live out your life and enjoy your riches and have a nice house staff and find find just like a nice southern man and just have a quiet life even if the southern man just wants to live off your money if he makes you happy i don't care how you spend your money just go i and never show us a picture of yourself ever again not because you're not beautiful but just because you deserve the peace um i hope that travis and taylor adopt Brittany. that's what i want for her i mean i just yeah i i would love for taylor swift to be involved in all facets of public and private life that would be my dream utopia society. So anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. I'm Mary. And today we had Stephanie Morris on. You can find her on Stephanie the Mortician. Stephanie the Mortician. (laughs) Tag her whenever you see anybody doing anything sketchy. Just kidding. Yeah, You can find her on Instagram at at, at, I Just Want to Chat podcast at at Stephanie Morris comedy. Um, and you could find us on TikTok at, at I just want chat podcast. Find us on Instagram at, at I just want chat podcast. And if you're feeling generous and you want to rate and review the show, rate and review the show, I'd really appreciate it. I'd feel really great about it. We hit 60,000 downloads last week. And wow, that was, man. and actually was above that a little bit, but just, I didn't know that we were like that close to anything. Like I found the number and I was like, oh, wow. Um, so I just said 60,000 in the Instagram post, um, but 60,000 downloads, very grateful. Let's get 60,000 more. We're not stopping until we dominate the world and I could have a face-to-face conversation with Britney Spears. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. But just kidding. We're not, we're probably not going to see you next week because it's Halloween and I have children, but you know, that there's that. All right. Love you. Bye.